0: You're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the TurfNet Zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Thank you and welcome to Rock Bottom Country Club, sponsored by Dryject and TurfNet. Today's focus is on the two things you can do to save your New Year's resolution. But before we get all in-depth and serious, let's look in on the annual Rock Bottom Championship of the World Right now, Ludell and Willie are playing against Booth and Cletus with three holes to go. It's all square on the 16th tee. Good shot, Willie. Right down the middle. Ludell, I believe you hit it 40 yards past me. You're up, Booth. Huh, gummit. Oh, you're short of the red tee, Booth. You know what that means. I hate this custom. Does your husband play, dear? Y'all shut up. It's cold today. Hit it, Cletus. Oh, no. That's so far in the woods, we could shoot a Tarzan movie in there. Oh, it bounced out. That's a good omen. It's in that deep rough. We'll find it. Three minutes is almost up. You're going to have to either go back and hit another one or let Booth play this hole. Hold on, I ain't looked over here yet. Y'all ain't got no sportsmanship at all. You could look a little harder. We're holding up play. I got it, I got it. You found it? Yep. Watch this in front of me, Booth. It's on the green. It's on the great golf shot, Cletus. But lying, cheating, no good cheater. I hate cheaters. You think he dropped a ball? Oh well, I know he did. I got his ball in my back pocket. Tookin'. A story about the time Buddy got tookin'. <laughs> are you ready? Oh yep. Let's saddle up. Where y'all going? I thought we'd mosey on over to Burnt Run Country Club. And why are you wearing guns? We expect that's who's got Buddy. You reckon Steve Russell Buddy? Yep. He stole our equipment manager, and there's going to be trouble. I'm going to. Let me get my fry pan. Let's ride. Steve's maintenance barn looks deserted. It's quiet. Too quiet. Mama used to hear here with the horses. Them bushwhackers see you, they'll run. They better run. Steve, we know you're in there. Best come out. Ain't nobody in here. You violated the code, Steve. You took our equipment manager. Save yourself a whole lot of trouble and give him back. Yeah, we got skills, Steve. Buddy moved on. Ain't here no more. We're willing to pay a ransom. How much? Two Chick fil A coupons and a bag of range balls. Let me see the range balls. Here. Ooh, top flights. Deal. Too late. There he goes. Well, I hope he didn't reveal any of our secrets. I tried to get the secret of Skeletal Golf out of him, but he wouldn't talk. He's afraid of that fry pan. Hello? Yeah. It's Buddy. Uh huh. He wants to negotiate. Tell him to get his honey back here to the shop right now, and if he tries to run again, I'll buy 1973 Jake Triplex, the one with the handlebars in the center bucket that causes hernias. But he says, please don't do that. He's headed back. Wait, I gots to know, what's the secret of skeletal golf? I mean, just in case everything goes, why my republic and we have to run things skin tight for a while? The secret is, you don't need a stable of $80,000 mowers. Nope, just a corral full of old $2,000 mowers and a junk pile and, and a good equipment manager. Today's message is, the two things you can do to save your New Year's resolution. Now, I've been told to avoid this topic because it's one of those offensive trigger phrases. But that's exactly why I have to confront the subject head on. One of the reasons folks dislike the New Year's resolution is the high rate of failure associated with it. It's made worse by announcing the resolution to everyone as if that's going to help you stay with it. Putting a time limit on the resolution is another complication. Like the old, I resolve to fit into my bikini by June, or I resolve to run a 5K in under 20 minutes by April. You know, that kind of time limit. Truthfully, the New Year's resolution is a great tool for self-improvement, like learning a new language or a musical instrument, maybe gaining a new skill for your career, or the somewhat cliched diet change, weight loss, six-pack, 100% increase in the bench press resolution. If you would like to make a New Year's resolution, go ahead. It doesn't have to be proclaimed just before the ball drops on New Year's. It can be any time during the new year. Don't worry about public failure either, because we here at The Rock have a secret method for successful, stress-free New Year's resolutions. You know, I think people who complain about the resolution just aren't doing it right. So the first thing we always do is, we don't tell anyone what we intended to accomplish with our New Year's resolution. I know, folks say to tell everyone so you won't back out later. But that's a pretty poor motivational tool just to keep going. Peer pressure from people who didn't even make a resolution? Now here's the real winner. Don't quit. Keep going. Don't stop. Just keep at it, no matter what. If it's truly important to you, you'll begin to see the cumulative results, and that alone will keep you going toward the goal. And don't listen to negative advice. Now there's a clear time to give up, and it's important to know when that is. Let me tell you about the time I learned when it was okay to give up. I was working with a future Army Ranger Hall of Famer on a training film for Seer School. That's Survival, Evasion, Resistance, Escape, one of the most feared schools in the military. I was having a tough time keeping up with this guy, and I was seriously intimidated. Not just by Sergeant O'Neill, but also by Colonel Nick Rowe, the man in charge of getting Sear School up and running. Colonel Rowe wrote Five Years to Freedom, and he was the only guy to ever escape from a Viet Cong prison camp. Sergeant O'Neill was your basic full-blown war hero from the Nam era, and also the toughest, scariest man I ever met. Growing up on Special Forces bases gave me an opportunity to meet lots of those guys. And by saying Sergeant O'Neill was the toughest ever, well, it sort of gives you an idea of the range of tough we're discussing here. I was tasked with shooting and producing training films for the new Sears School. I had no help because it was a difficult shoot. You know, most folks preferred to sleep and stay where it was warm and dry. So one dark night, I got discouraged. I was sitting on my ruck full of dead camera batteries in the cold, feeling sorry for myself, unable to get the necessary shots for the film, when Sergeant O'Neill materialized out of the darkness and noiselessly sat down beside me. You okay, Specialist Wilson? He said in that Clint Eastwood tone of his. Yes, Sergeant, I'm good. I'm uh, just out of camera batteries and it's a long walk back to the studio. You seem a little beat down, Wilson. You know, sometimes you just have to know when to give up. Do you know how to tell when it's time to give up? Uh, no, Sergeant. When? Never. Never. It's never okay to give up. Never. Never. Oh, okay Well, how about now? On your feet. Grab your ruck, you little... I learned a pretty important lesson that night. That giving up was worse than driving on. Now, I had already spent years on a golf course crew and even two years as an assistant superintendent when I went into the military. But I learned more about how to do well on a golf course from the Army than I ever did working on the course. I learned how to just keep going, to keep driving on, to keep trying to solve the problem, to find a way around the problem, to look for an unconventional approach that few others have tried. It was when I discovered how to spot the sickener that I graduated from quitter to conqueror. Let me tell you about the sickener. Once I was working on a field surgery film with a sergeant from the SAS, you know, the Special Air Service, that's the British Delta Force. In fact, our Delta was based on the SAS. Colonel Charlie Beckwith spent time over there with the SAS, and he came back to form Delta Force using um, guidelines from the SAS. While we were waiting for this lost lieutenant to show up, the SAS sergeant spent several hours telling me about how the typical elite unit selection process weeded out individuals who might not fit in with special ops. The key was using what was known as a sickener. Now, if you've seen video of BUDS training where Navy SEAL candidates are repeatedly forced to sit in cold ocean water, it doesn't look that terrible unless you've ever been exposed to cold water and allowed to get warm and dry and then instructed to go back into the water. Well, that is a sickener. Things like that can crack your brain. When my brother Mike, a, a long-time golf course superintendent, was in the Army Rangers, he was forced to begin each morning with a swim in the worm pit, a muddy, miserable slop of a pit with barbed wire overhead that forces you to keep your head down in the muck while crawling in freezing mud. Mike dealt with the worm pit, not by showing dread and fear, but by appearing as if he was enthusiastically looking forward to it, being the first one in, shouting, Wetsu! 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 It was an acronym for We Eat This um, Stuff Up. It changed the mental aspect of the sickener by adding positive vibes, real or not. During special forces selection, I learned how the mind was often weaker than the body. I was battling injuries acquired during a parachute jump in high winds. I had broken two bones in my spine and one in my foot, but I managed to drive on through the pain. Yet my mind gave me more trouble than my body especially during the mind games Special Forces is famous for, like the early morning run, five miles at a seven-minute pace. When you're not a gifted long-distance runner, that's a death march. I would hang on at the back of the group, suffering and gasping, until I could see the company area in the distance, and I was re-energized, like, you know, the horse getting close to the barn. I knew I only had to make it a, a few hundred meters more. But the instructors would run right on through the company area, out the other side, and down the road. Half the group fell out and quit right there. I kept running because I knew if you fell out, you had to take remedial PT later in the afternoon. A demeaning affair known as fat boy time. Turns out we only ran another couple of hundred yards and we stopped and then walked back to the company area. It was a sickener designed to weed out the weak, the non-runners, like me. There are other techniques, and while they vary, they help determine where a candidate's weak point is and if they might quit under stress at the worst possible time when others are depending on them. Things like lack of sleep, lack of food, wet, cold. The misery index goes way up when one is wet and cold and sleepy and hungry. And that's when people shut down, give up, they quit. As I explained earlier, the long-distance run was my fear. But in real life, things even out. For example, some excel at the long-distance run because they're built like greyhounds, but they don't do that well at walking long-distance carrying a heavy ruck. The big old beastie fellas, the heavy lifters, well, they can carry the ruck, but they often suffer on the run or climbing. The high intellect types were excellent at solving puzzle problems and retaining complex instructions, but they often got discouraged by difficult extremes like cold weather exposure or having to eat a snake instead of a bunny. Everybody has something that equates to a sickener. Not everyone has the same sickener. Certain careers have something that has to be overcome in order to be a success. Firefighters, they deal with fire in dark enclosed spaces. Teachers have to deal with modern kids. Lawyers have to be around other lawyers. Golf has running a golf course that floods or or needs 10 years of rebuilding or has an evil board of directors. If you want to be successful when facing a sickener, you have to overcome that urge to take the easy way out and walk away. I once took over a golf course where the crew had terrorized the previous superintendent so badly that he barricaded himself in his office. He quit. Was it okay to quit in that situation? It depends. It's not usually life and death on the golf course, but if you look at things long term, it gets close. Especially if you're unable to solve a difficult problem and you get fired Because you gave up. In modern times, the superintendent faces workforce disruption. But by learning robotics or IT, lack of crew doesn't have to mean more workload on the superintendent. Perhaps the problem can be solved with tech. Maybe your sickener is a plethora of problems like criminals stalking the golf course or those geese from Canada who are protected by naive homeowners. Maybe you have wild hogs tearing up turf or vandals unafraid of police. Could be you face an upcoming toilet-to-tap conversion or heavy restrictions on water and chemical use. Maybe your upper management is demanding new, unproven types of equipment because they've fallen victim to the climate alarmists. Whatever the sickener that threatens your New Year's resolution, don't quit. Drive on through it like you enjoy it, like it's something you're hoping to confront, not run away from. One especially difficult year back in the early 90s, Mike and I were backpacking in the mountains during the Thanksgiving holiday, the only time we could get away from our golf courses without the fear of losing bent grass, and as we sat around a campfire, the subject of the New Year's resolution came up. We thought about it for a while as we watched the meteorites fall and listened to the owls hooting and decided we would make a solemn vow to have a better upcoming year on the racing bike. We didn't vow to have a better year on the golf course, that goes without saying. We would buy new bikes train harder, and actually win a road race or two. We didn't tell anyone, except the wives, because, you know, throwing away a couple of thousand on a new bike was kind of scary without wifely support, especially with toddlers running around the house. The power of the look-forward-to event, a particular road race, kept us training after work, pulling maintenance on the bikes and staying positive. Exercise has a crazy effect on healing and depression and general brain function, See Dr. Rhonda Patrick's videos on YouTube regarding the miracles from flooding the brain with increased oxygen flow. Anyway, we kept training until the big race, the Georgia State Championship in June. I got dropped on the last climb. I was totally gassed and near blind. And In Mike's race, he got caught in the biggest crash in years, one of those 40-mile-an-hour sprint pileups for the finish line. After a week of moping around, we realized the truth just chasing the New Year's resolution had been the victory, not winning the race. We got back on the bikes and kept going for years. Not because we were trying to win, but because chasing the goal, the vow, the resolution was more important than the win. The benefits of the chase outweighed the win. So go ahead and make your vow and chase it. Just don't tell anyone except the spousal unit and know when it's time to quit. Never. Never. You're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the TurfNet zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.